Cut off a little bit there. It's okay. Work all day, work it all night. That is the tagline for this movie, and I love it. What's up, everyone? (laughs) Welcome to Kind of Funny's Magic Mike in Review. It's been a long time coming. I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the person that made this happen, Joey Noel. Guys, I can't believe that we're here. This is a very exciting day. I do want to give a shout-out, and I'm pulling it up on Reddit because... And my Reddit is taking a really long time to load because I do feel like we need to give somebody else to And man, this is just going to take forever. Uh, there's somebody that, on the subreddit that, thank you. I will introduce Nick Scarpino, the producer slash seducer. <sighs> I just feel like at some point we all need to just start dancing to a choreographed number that where one of us is really good at it and just don't look at the rest of us. You and know, of course, like don't look have, at Kevin Nash. <laughs> we have the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. <laughs> Has this really been a long time coming? I didn't no, know. Not at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. No, totally. So, like, this one, it's a joke thing. But Steven so made been, this, yeah. posted this on the subreddit two years ago, <laughs> asking for Magic Mike in a review. I know it's only Steven. two movies, but I need to say the 45 minutes of mental gymnastics Nick, Nick will have to go to to rank those abs, which is very uh, exciting that we get to bring that back. It's, it's going to be good. And unreal. we couldn't do it without this very special gentleman, Chris Anka. How's it going? When you guys were watching this, were you not like Snowbike Mike needs to have some of this energy in his streams and he needs to like dry hump his chair? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like he needs to be Matthew McConaughey. Asking for a Twitch ban, but that's fine. You know, (laughs) I'll straddle line. They don't they never show anything. Yeah. No. Well, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Because this is Kind of Funny's Magic Mike in review each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. We rank and review two different film franchises. Right now we are doing Magic Mike and Indiana Jones. Everybody's having a really good time doing all of that. You can watch on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or RoosterTeeth.com. You can listen to it on your favorite podcast service. Just search for Kind of Funny Reviews. and We'll be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad-free and watch live as it's being recorded, you can go to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny. Just like Graham of Legend, David Mindtel, the Mind Freak, Al Tribesman, the Predator, Cassandra Ramirez, Sven McHale, James Davis, and the Nanobiologist all did. Thank you very, very much. Today we are brought to you by Babel, but I will get to that later because we do not want to waste any more time before we talk about Magic Mike. Released on June 29th, 2012. So much longer ago than I could have ever imagined. I've never seen this movie. Andy has never seen this movie. Everyone else has. Andy, I'm going to ask you, did you, would you believe that this movie's from 2012? No, I mean, it, it really, when I looked up that IMDb and it popped up on, uh, where it was, I guess it was free on prime to watch. I was like 2012. Wow. That, I mean, they, they were filming it 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. How? A decade ago. How? It hurts. It hurts, honestly. But mm-hmm. it takes me back to a, a great time when we were watching, like, 21 Jump Street. When, you know, I was like, that was a good movie. It's a good movie. Now, right I, I was thinking about this. Like, Channing Tatum burned so hot for, like, a couple of years. And mm-hmm. then where'd he, where'd he go? He Like, the Gambit movie was supposed to happen, and then just didn't happen. <laughs> the curse, the curse of Gambit. He was, he, he was in the, the, se- the last Kingsman for a second, but then that was, like, a weird mm-hmm. debacle where he was in it and then really wasn't in it for a minute. Um, but <laughs> I, I like to... I like to think that Channing Tatum is everywhere and that he burned so bright he just exploded and now he's a part of each and every one of us. 
I love that. I love that. This was directed <laughs> by Steven Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Nick, yeah. Who are you so, familiar with this man? Yeah, of course. I mean, Steven Soderbergh, of course, uh, mo- most famously does did the uh, Ocean's Eleven series. Um, but I, I mean, I love him as a director. He's had some misses, uh, namely probably this one, depending on how we all feel about that and the girlfriend experience. But I also really, really love him for one of his original movies that he did called Out of Sight, starring George Clooney, uh, Ving Rhames, and Jennifer Lopez, which is a really, really cool movie based off of a book series. He also Elmore won an Academy book. Award for Best Director for Traffic. Oh, right. Did he do Logan Lucky? Wait, he did Traffic? He yes. did do Logan Lucky. He did yes. do Logan Lucky with Adam Driver and, uh, and uh, James Bond. That was a fun one, too. He's a, he's a great director, and he's really, really, normally really, really great at nailing um, specifically the tone of movies. And this is not that, though. <laughs> this movie is so all over the place, tonally, that from like one second, you're like, is this a parody? What does Matthew McConaughey know what movie he's in? And then Tim, 15 minutes in, you go, no care anymore. It's magic. Oh, it is fucking magic. <laughs> so the music, normally the music by section, I'll tell you that the you know composer or whoever was doing the score, uh, this movie, I don't know if you guys noticed, doesn't have a score. Nope. <laughs> like there is not music really? playing in, in scenes where there's dialogue. It's just them talking at all times. <laughs> Otherwise, and it doesn't seem like there's a script written in the dialogue we talked about. At all. At all. <laughs> so so music supervisor Frankie Pine initially planned to use Kid Rock's Cowboy for the Cowboy theme number featuring Fuck Adam yeah. and Ken. Oh, no. When it was not possible, uh, they couldn't obtain the rights to the song. They chose Big and Rich's Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy instead, uh, which I thought worked pretty worked well. Worked perfectly. It's a, great, yeah. Yeah. it's a great song. Aside from music at the parties and clubs, there's no score in the film except for during the boat ride to the 4th of July sandbar party. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, this movie, that's and that's and that song when that scene pops up, I'm like, is this some A24 indie bullshit? Like, what is this so, movie? <laughs> that's what's so striking about this movie because it has moments where you're like, oh, I'm seeing actually the kernel of a really cool indie film here. But then there's moments where it's like, is is this a parody? I don't understand what's going on. I think this movie really kind of wanted to be Boogie Nights, but yeah. just didn't have what it takes. Um, and then I think they were like, well, we've got uh, some actually pretty notable names in this. I mean, namely like the cast behind, um, Channing Tatum the entire time is like Matt Bomber, Joe Magdalello, uh, Kevin Nash, who I totally forgot was in this. Um, and then the dude, the dude from, um, CSI Miami, I think is the show he's from. So like, it's just weird. That's how he's listed in the credits. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's just so funny to me that they were like, they kind of nail that vibe. Like I actually like that scene where they're walking around the sand barge and they're kind of improving a little bit. And I like this movie a lot better the second time around than watching it the first time. But then we cut to the stage and it's just so weird and none of them can dance except for Channing Tatum. And I'm just like in a different world, they would have not been able to get any of those stars, including Matthew McConaughey and actually had to cast like, character actors that could dance and this could have been like the flash dance of its era you know what i mean or like the dirty dancing know, of its man. era we're, we're jumping a little bit ahead here but like, i i feel like i it feels real that if they're not all perfectly <laughs> trained dancers like there's always the star and then everyone else is just kind of moving and as long as you're hot like how many times have you been to a strip club nick and been like oh man everyone here is just fantastic at what they're doing well, I mean, I've never, I've never, to be fair, I've never seen an all male review like that. Um, so I don't really have a lot to, other than the, the Chippendale skit with um, Patrick Swayze and Chris Farley back in the day. Oh, um, I, I, I guess you're making a very, very <laughs> good point, which is that you don't necessarily have to be the world's best dancer. Um, but I just think that there's the moments that Channing Tatum's not there. You're like, this is so painful to watch these guys. And they're trying their best. I mean, shout out to Matt Bomber for trying, but like, when you have Channing Tatum there, he's so far and away better. 
that you almost want the other numbers that we're about to see to kind of hit that level. And, and, and to me, they just didn't do it. I mean, watching Kevin Nash try, try to move like that is just like, it's painful and enjoyable all at the same time. But like, oh man, it's just, it could have been better. Uh, this had a budget of $7 million. The, the film's budget was self-financed by Channing Tatum and the director, Steven Soderbergh. Uh, box office of $167.2 million. So it did pretty well for the, the limited budget it had. Uh, they claimed the movie was written by Reed Carolyn, but I don't believe them. I don't believe that any, anybody actually wrote this. Uh, well, I think the movie came together very quickly, if I remember correctly. I think they got, like, they were like, we just cobbled together funding and went out and made something. And that's why I think a lot of it is just mostly improv. But it's supposed to be quasi-autobiographical about Channing Tatum, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So before we get into the plot, Chris, you're the master of Magic Mike. What are your thoughts? So I, I assume, are you aware that there's a Magic Mike live show in Vegas? Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's tragic now, that I haven't gone yet. It came out right around the time that the sequel came out. And would it surprise you to know that I had tickets for opening weekend for Magic <gasps> Mike Live? Not surprised at all. In which Channing Incredible. Tatum was there. Shut the front it. door. And I Shut got it. to see him Lock dance it. on his then wife oh, while, the stage, uh, like, while the show was going on. It was amazing. It was absolutely describe amazing. the smell. Um, it, honestly, it, it was it was pretty nice. It was pretty like perfumed. Like the well, the, the whole thing, the show is really cool because it starts off as like a very what you think of as a quintessential male strip show, and like the MCs is this loud douchey dude, and the guys are doing like police and fire. Like they pull a woman on stage, and she's about to get fire hosed in the face, and she has the show stop like dead. She's like, stop this. This is not what we want. This is wrong. She fires everyone on stage, and she rebuilds the show with a kid named Mike. It's like a prequel, basically. Oh, like wow. Teaching him how to actually pleasure and entertain women. And so the whole show becomes about consent and, like, different kind of kinks and different kinds of, like, tropes. And what's really cool is that one of my friends, two of my friends got danced on. And the thing, but right before they're, like, like the guys are going to be on Spotlight, they would ask the women for, like, is this okay if, like, I pull you up into the seat? And, like, like, they would actually get consent in the show before they actually danced on them. And so, like, the whole show was was rompous and amazing, and they gave you drinks that were, like, the size of a barrel. They wanted everyone just sloshed. <laughs> just hammered. <laughs> so, like, it was, it was, honestly, it. it's amazing. So I've always loved Magic Mike, and I feel like, you know, a large part of my career is <laughs> changed because of Magic Mike. <laughs> what a statement. I didn't lean into it. I didn't expect Chris <laughs> to, like, give us a plot rundown on this. I didn't know... The show had like a, we were surprised a, there was a plot. We <laughs> <laughs> were like, "What's happening? There's actually like an arc here." Like awesome. you, you go to the you go to the Blue Man Group and it's Shakespeare, and you're like, "Huh? Would not have thought that. Would not have thought that." Uh, Joey, what do you think about Magic Mike? Man, I will say that I did not remember there being this much plot in this movie. Like, way less dancing than I remembered. And, way, like, I kind of forgot the, about all of the, like, he wants to have a furniture company and stuff. Um, so it was fun to go back. I think it's a really fun cast of people. I think they have, like, fun vibes. <clears throat> Kevin Nash is so random to be in this. And Joe Manganiello, I think, is super funny. Or however you say his name. Um, I have Yeah, I think it's... I think it's fun and not necessarily, I don't necessarily think it's a great movie, but it's a fun movie. And that's really all I'm asking for in a male dance review stripper movie, really, if I'm being honest. 
Andy, this being your first time diving deep into the magic, what'd you think? It's not what I expected at all. Uh, and and I liked it for that. I liked that it was, you know, this sort of... Sure, like, the, the dancing was, was hilarious and awesome, and all the moves they're pulling off are just so creative. But then the... The underlying story I was immediately turned off by at the very, very start where we hear the story. We hear the conversation between homegirl and the homeboy, the, like the brother and sister. And she's talking to him about, like, you know, not having a job and shit. And that scene was just so poorly performed and improv. And it just, and I was like, oh, is this what the movie's going to be? I don't like this at all. I don't. This, none of this is really making sense, and she's kind of like, do your impression. He does an impression of, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's like, what is... This is fucking awful. Um, I mean, and that's what it's like to have a sister, though. I've never had one, but that's got to be what it's like, right? Okay, got it. Yep. Got it. I, th- that whole sequence, I just thought, was not very good, and not a very good start to what the rest of the movie is. Uh, and then, yeah, I agree with Nick, where, what what is this movie trying to be when we get that weird little song on the boat uh, ride over there? Well, I, it's, it's it just weird. Fe- it felt like it was at odds with each other, uh, but by the end of it, I enjoyed where it went. I wanted it to be more Boogie Nights. I wanted it to be more, I wanted there to be, like, more tragedy, if that's, like, a, a <laughs> no, decent me too, me thing too, to right? say. Yeah, because I, I, think, to, I, think those... I want it to go down. I think those moments, especially at the end too, where it does get serious, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Someone just OD. Like, I think that 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 little cast does a great job of it. But literally, this movie changes depending on who uh, Channing Tatum is acting opposite. So, like, the movie when he's with Matthew McConaughey feels like a totally different movie than when he's with like acting opposite Olivia Munn and then acting opposite Adam, who who's act. I, I don't remember the actor's name, but he's just so like wooden the entire time and i don't mean that in a bad way because then that's what the character is supposed to be that it's just like from from scene to scene you're like I, this is like watching three different types of like three different movies yeah i obviously love the fuck out of this movie i agree with everything <laughs> that has been said i i think that there's the perfect amount of dancing i do think that they had a nice level of escalation because by the time Channing tatum gets on stage and pony plays i literally had to be like like, let's go. Like, it was so perfect, and I didn't see it coming. I don't know how I didn't see it coming, but I didn't. And I swear to God, that was, like, not even the, the last dance. Like, there was still yeah. more set pieces, because I'm going to call them set pieces, after this. And I was just like, fuck yes. But every bit of dialogue in between that's setting up story, like, I had such a good time with it. It reminded me a lot of Spring Breakers, where it's like, yes, like, I don't believe there's a script. I believe that there was a couple bullet points that are like, we have to get from here to here. But when Andy, you're, you nailed it. When this movie starts and it's, well, first off, Matthew McConaughey didn't know he was in it. Uh, this is, he, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey's character of Dallas <clears throat> might be in the, the I, he's up there with Han for me from Tokyo Drift of just like, are you just the best character to ever exist in, in film history? Because <laughs> well, I think so. Uh, every single thing he does and every single time he says, all right, all right, all right. I'm just like, yeah, thank you. Thank you for giving this to me. <laughs> you understand the significance of all right, all right, all right, right? So like that is a Matthew McConaughey-ism from a long time ago in, in uh, Days to Confuse, right? He was like, all right, all right, all right. Which became a meme, which he then be said, you know what this character should say? This character should do the Matthew McConaughey from fucking basic <laughs> yeah. reviews. It's so ridiculously well, then, fourth wall breaking that I love the, it. The bongo covered his dick. Oh, God. Back at, for those that don't know, back in like the 90s, Matthew McConaughey got caught <laughs> with the, like playing bongos naked. And they're like, fuck it, put it in the movie. Put it in the movie. It's he doesn't mess, care. But, 
but so we see Matthew McConaughey. I'm instantly like, this is going to be uh, the best two hours of my life. But then we <laughs> get introduced to people that aren't Channing Tatum. And I'm like, okay, not really vibing with this dude. Oh, here's a woman he's talking to. Clearly they're together. Clearly they're dating. Oh, no, she called him brother and he called her sister. And they're going to do that a thousand more times in this fucking movie where they're constantly like brother, sister. And I'm like, why? Why? Because that's all they have. There's no script. They were just like, your brother and sister, <laughs> make sure that you get yeah. that across. So we they just kept going. We need like you to get across this one plot line, but just talk to each other, like feel it out. And it's like they they're not improv actors and they're it's just it was bad. It was a bad well, start. Let's <laughs> let's stop. They're barely actors to begin with. And like if you're not a good the greatest actor to begin with improv is like the kiss of death to be to throw an actor into that like in, into that deep water but the, uh, the reason Nick, i love in the office if you watch it you would know okay i mean uh <laughs> channing tatum before this was in uh step up so why don't you step off i was yeah. like Fucking... why did you bring up channing tatum we we're talking about the brother <laughs> well because you i don't know that doesn't matter uh my <laughs> point was like last thing my I'll point was that like, like the brother or the the brother character the main character of this movie I understand that they needed someone that's kind of like the younger ingenue coming in that like doesn't really know what's going on. I really wish they chose literally anyone else and, and also wrote them better. There's a lot that would have had to happen for this to like be legitimately good as opposed to just something I love. Well, but, that's what I was going to say, right? Was that Channing Tatum is not great in this movie, but Channing Tatum is so charming to watch that he somehow manages to carry the movie. And his improv, for the most part, is all over the place, but he has very, very sincere like genuinely charming moments that just remind you hey you're watching a channing tatum movie and that's a-okay with me adam un unfortunately is just not there's not much there but holy shit is he good looking <laughs> so it's yeah, like, okay uh, there is you that. know what <laughs> All of that's fine like when he takes his when he takes his clothes off the first time i was like this is how i know that life is never fair and that god looked at me and laughed when he made me because that motherfucker is almost perfect like, he's an almost perfect specimen of a human being <laughs> Other than and, uh, a fun, the most fun fact for me that I appreciate more than anything is there were no dance or body doubles used at any time. <laughs> All the actors much, did their own dancing and much stripping. to Kevin Nash's chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Nash was fine, man. He's yeah, he was playing fine. the role, playing a part. He's <sighs> fucking Tarzan. <laughs> I know, I know. Let's Holy get to the plot. Shit. Can oh, you touch on. this? Oh, give it to me. Ooh, a musical element. It's time for the plot, Nick. Let's hear it. Tell us the story. The listeners are waiting. Tell us the story. Tim, yes. can you touch this? <laughs> Welcome to Magic Mike, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I now know what I can and can't do when I go to the strip club and you can't touch anything unless you're Matthew McConaughey, in which you can touch yourself a lot. The movie opens with him. Uh, does he ever, Tim, here's a fun piece of trivia for you. Does he, is he ever not wearing those leather pants? I don't know the answer to it, but it kind of seems like the answer is know. he's always in the pants, right? Uh, we get a super title over screen that says June, uh, and then we see Channing Tatum, and he gets out of bed, and he is he is pantsless. And this is not the only time we see his butt, and it looks fantastic. He's, of course, there with Olivia Munn, uh, and she is – we kind of get that they're like – they pair up sometimes, but this is not a real, real thing. Uh, of course, there's another person in the bed, and they can't remember her name either. Uh, and these people are just kind of having fun, and they're each other's booty call, and uh, occasionally, I guess, put together threesomes. 
They forget Mike, her name. It's really funny. They forget, yeah. Uh, Mike wants to make custom furniture, and he's waiting for, but he's waiting for good interest rates. And Olivia Mum will probably never call him again uh, until she wants, you know, a little bit of that sweet, sweet. Shocked, also, shocked to see Olivia Mun. Didn't expect that. Definitely did not expect her to be topless. De- yep. This whole thing did not expect her to be in this active threesome thing with him but also not necessarily knowing each other before and also why is there dates in this movie why do we have the date screen we need to know tim <laughs> do it, we because it because it grounds it in reality i don't know but i think <laughs> well, i just don't understand but where what it does it change us, like, even yeah like we don't know where we were to start the movie well it's amazing because it's a, it goes from june to like august but it always looks exactly the same outside so there's no weather yellow, change no always season yellow. change always yeah. yellow yeah. doesn't matter um i think the dates popping up made me feel like this was going to be more than what it was. And I think that's all that matters. Seeing the date pop up where it's just silence and it just cuts to the date. It cuts to July, black screen, white font, silence. I'm like, oh, okay. They're going for a little bit something more than just a crazy stripper ride. This is going to, there's going to be some, a little bit of depth to it. That's what it tells me at least. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think it was just a really lazy way for them to show the passage of time and try to add a little bit more to the character development. But we didn't need it. Uh, let's see. Also, Magic Mike owns a, a mobile detailing shop, which means he's either in very entrepreneurial, as he will describe himself, or um, he doesn't know where to place his energy, or he's selling illegal cough medication, because that's what I always imagine is happening with those mobile detail trucks. Uh, Mike also works construction, and his boss, okay. Sal, is a dick. Adam is the new guy, and he's also insanely good-looking, but can he dance, Tim? That's the question. We'll see. That is we'll the question. We'll see. Adam, for some reason, gets fired for stealing Pepsis. And I'm going to say it right now, dude. If you get fired stealing Pepsis, you're not living your life right. At least steal a damn Coke or <laughs> Coke Zero. Coke. Yeah. Jeez Louise, man. Uh, Mike tries to jump him off. His words, not mine. Uh, but it doesn't work, so Mike gives him a ride home in his car that still has the plastic on it like my mother-in-law's iPhone. Uh, Adam used to play football, but he screwed up his scholarship, and now he doesn't know what he's going to do, but now he wants to be a roofer. Um, and, but he quit, of course, because uh, his boss was an asshole and accused him of stealing. And also, uh, just like that time, he quit T-Mobile because they wanted him to wear a tie. Now, I'm not a T-Mobile subscriber, but I am a Verizon subscriber, and I've never once seen them come anywhere close to wearing ties in Verizon. So I can't imagine that he was telling the truth here to his sister. But I digress. And this uh, is why I hate this conversation, because it's clear that the boyfriend, or that the, the brother, rather, is he's a, he's a fucking loser. He's not trying anything. To, he's not trying to do anything to better himself. And that conversation would have set me off if I was her. If he was like, why do you know? You know, I don't like wearing ties. That's my like, I'm like, get the fuck out of my house, dude. Quit sleeping on my couch. You're not going to get this. Job. Like I she immediately turned into like this friendly conversation. Oh, silly brother. Like you're you're, you're I don't know. It just pissed me off. It annoyed the hell out of me. I think it was supposed to. No, 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 absolutely. I mean, it's definitely supposed to. You're supposed to get a picture that this guy is completely lost in life. Um, and he's annoying. And he's a nuisance to his sister who's just trying to take care of him. And then she was like, hey, do your impersonation from yesterday. Do the to the impersonation. What impersonation? I never did it. Like, what is this? What uh, is fuck, it? Siblings are dating, man. Yeah. That's Seems exactly what this is. It's always weird. Brothers are, or what is it? Siblings are dating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what Brother or lover. Wow. Uh. Um, later that night, they go out with Tall Paul. He totally sucks. 
Uh, and then Adam bounces. Uh, he does, right? Am I wrong? This guy fucking sucks. Uh, Adam bounces and spots Mike on the outside of a club, and he wants to go in, but he's dressed like a 16-year-old skater, which is why, Tim, you don't do that shit after 30. Uh, you never know when you might go to party with Channing Tatum, and if you're wearing a fucking hoodie, he might not let you. Wait, Tim, we don't know. We don't know your your age. points, though. You're we don't know Chris's stance. We don't know Chris's stance on 30-year-old skaters. Chris is an artist. He can have his own stance. He's fine. What, Chris, which, where do you... What, yeah, what's the debate? The debate is should one skateboard after 30? Every <laughs> breathing. As long as it's not like the only thing you do in your life. If that's what uh, you're known for, like I should I should be allowed to push you off of it. Okay. See? You wanna go to seven eleven? You're fine. Yeah. Got it. All right. I appreciate is the, it. I does that. Nick hate People that skate at after thirty, or people that learn to skate after thirty. I mean, well, one's more egregious than the other, Joey, but they both <laughs> okay. chap my hide, so to speak. Okay, just but, wanted so, to so get Nick, clarification. Here, you imply that this this man is over thirty, dressed like this, uh, and I would have been right there with you, been like, okay, he's maybe like no, no, twenty eight no, or something. What, what I'm saying he's is, not. for thirty year olds, this is why you shouldn't do that because this kid's nineteen years old in the in the movie. Uh, and it, it almost screwed him out of a chance to party with Channing Tatum. So I'm just saying, be responsible, and maybe you'll get to party with Channing Tatum. It's a very loose connection. I'm not claiming that it makes any sense. It's just what I wrote here at 9 o'clock at night last night <laughs> after almost texting Joey, please do the plot synopsis for this movie, because uh, Daddy's enjoying a Sunday night. Uh, let's see. Mike, of course, gets him in the club and says, you owe me one, no questions asked. And I was not expecting that to be immediately, like, uh, to have him cash that in immediately. Um, but he does. Mm -hmm. The club is popping. Mike introduces him to two ladies who may or may not be working. Uh, Mike also calls in his favor immediately, and he wants Adam to go talk to that girl on her 21st birthday. And Adam's like, oh, man, I can't do that. I don't know how to talk to women. And I'm like, oh, fucking shit, bro. Uh, you, you fucking bring that horse shit to someone else's barn because we're all full up here. Uh, let's see. Mike, uh, he, at first he goes, and he's kind of like messing up a little bit. Then Mike comes in like a great wingman and after a little schmoozing hits them with the flyers to his show called exquisite yes. with an x, with an x. <laughs> this conversation yeah, also, was perfect yeah it, it really was, was. but here's just a note out there for any young ladies listening do not accept drinks from random men period if a guy walks up to you at a club with a tray of drinks you do not drink those drinks now what if he is Tatum in real life if Channing Tatum walks up to you and me, Joe, no. and says, do you guys want to do some shots? We're going wherever that There's tunnel no takes us. There's no way I'm saying no. Fuck. Nick and I yeah. are saying yes. Channing Tatum. Fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. We're all saying yes. Tim, you can sit on your island of, of safety and watch as I call you for bail money. That's going to happen. Oh, I digress. But it's true. I mean, Tim, he does. Answer. And again, this is, this is one of those things. Up. Tim, yeah. This is one of those scenes where I'm like, again, movie not great. Channing Tatum, though. Charming, I think. I mean, he comes oh, up. Yeah. He's like, he's you know, he's super cute with both uh, with both of them. Like, brings the friend into the conversation. Is just a super good wingman, and then of course uh, makes them want to come watch him strip. And when they're like, "Wait, you're a stripper?" and then Adam's like, "You're a stripper." Channing Tatum's like, "Hell yeah, I'm a stripper." You're about to see some abs. Let's go. Uh, then let's see. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. I got lost in the plot again. Okay, Adam follows Mike back to the show, and Matthew McConaughey is there blowing fire. Um, Mike gets Adam a job as the prop guy and introduces him to uh, all the guys as, quote, the kid. Uh, the crew consists of um, Matt Bomber, 
Joe Manganello, as I believe how you say his name because I just looked it up, Kevin Nash, and the dude from CSI Miami. Uh, <laughs> and then they fuck with him a little bit by making him massage their legs. See, Andy? It's not weird. It's a thing. Uh, Mike they runs Adam. Is the, well, how you started off the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin Nash fucks If you remember bit. the thing you said six words ago. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mike runs Adam through the run of the show. Uh, and then they drink some of Gabriel Iglesias's Hey Juice. And the show starts. Uh, shout out to Gabriel Iglesias. Uh, it's raining men. And it's obviously that the only person who can actually dance in this whole cast is Chatty Tatum. But you know hey, what? Hold on. Like, Did we pass over the part where you see Joe Manganiello? No, no, no. We're getting dick. to that. We're getting to that. Oh, okay. Because I just want to say, It's Raining Man being the, the opening number for us to see, inspired choice. Yeah. I was like, totally, not that I wasn't already, but like that shit started playing. I was like, we're about to get something fucking special. And we did. A fun fact for you here is for that uh, scene, the set designer chose to use spray glitter on the umbrellas and raincoats to give them a wet effect. And oh, it worked. Mm. It worked really well. <laughs> a wet ass effect. And I guess um, my rhetorical question, just to pick that back up, is it okay? Uh, excuse me. The only person who can actually dance in this whole cast is Channing Tatum. But you know what, Tim? Mm. That's all right, all right, all right with me. <laughs> then a really like weird that. song plays, and we get a montage of the night's activity, and this place is off the chain. Uh, Matt Bomber plays a real-life Ken doll, which is weird as shit. And then Channing Tatum thrusts his crotch at everything and everyone in the club. And also, Joe Manganiello has the penis the size of Channing's Tatum. It is fucking <laughs> huge, apparently. That thing was ridiculous. Now, a fact here that <clears throat> isn't necessarily about that, but I assume that it is, is uh, during one of Gabriel Iglesias' stand-up routines he claimed the less endowed actors required props for the silhouette dances after calling one of the nearby porn studios a trunk was brought in full of rubber dicks uh when the props were dumped out onto a table according to iglesias the 12 year old came out in all of us and everyone started having lightsaber battles with yep, them you gotta do it <laughs> you imagine this group of men all just like lightsaber with this rubber dicks fantastic <laughs> Uh, Tarzan ODs in the back and can't go up on stage, and I then it's a this. huge crisis because, like, what are we gonna, what are we gonna do? do? I just it's a, th this sequence right here just kind of perfectly so stupid. gives you a taste of everybody's personality with Matthew McConaughey being, Hey, what about that one thing you've been working on? Like, it's not ready yet, boss. Like, I just I love the and you know what's gonna happen, you know what it's gonna like, what the end result is, you know, the kid is gonna be forced up on stage to do something, but I love. I love McConaughey talking to every actor in there, trying to like, you know, what about your thing? What he's like, oh, I haven't done that in a while, man. We say that for the end. Like, I just loved the back and forth here. It was, it was a great little character moment for all of them. I but, loved it too. I really just had a moment though where I was like, so I knew where they were gonna, like, how they were gonna solve it. But I was like, how is he gonna play the part of Tarzan? Like, they did the whole intro for the Tarzan bit. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I was a little distracted by. Like, what was in real time? What was going on? Like, the crowd's just waiting there for yeah. Tarzan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what? No Tarzan tonight. <laughs> the next song. <laughs> no, I, I can imagine McConaughey, like, all right, we're going to be in a couple seconds, everybody. We got to go back and say it. And, like, you know, they got to let the crowd know. Intermission time. Go get some drinks, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike shoves Adam out onto stage as Like a Virgin plays, which I thought was a fun touch. And he does the world's saddest strip dance it's so that I've bad. ever seen. But he's jacked. Chris, so it doesn't matter. I would have, I would have been so mad, Tim. I just want to let you guys know a fun fact that might not totally change your opinion on this, but we'll do something here. 
The kid's first strip did not have any choreography at all. And uh, it was his idea to reveal his butt. Uh, before doing his moves, he did not even know what song was going to play. They just put him out there <laughs> and just said, go. That's perfect. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> it's it, perfect. I mean, it's a perfect result. He, it, it looked like it. <laughs> and what's, it's such, what's it's even... such a bad show, though. Oh, it's terrible. Like if, I, if I had to like see like a guy who's never done like do something to like a virgin, tease it out. Like if you're gonna be this shy guy, give me a little like he's just literally taking it all like one off. It's like a 20 second show. He's so pissed. Oh, he's <laughs> like I'm, I'm like I want my money back for that show. He's supposed, <laughs> to, be, he's supposed to be shitty though, you know. And then I love I I love. Well, I love the cuts to McConaughey's face. Of Just being like, like, all right, like yes. there's but something here. No. It's not good, but there's something here, right? And I love kind of like, I don't know. It just reminds you of like anime of like, wow, this kid's a good fighter. <laughs> like, sort of what <laughs> I don't know. When, if I saw, if I was Channing Tatum and I saw him take off his shoes like that, I'd like walk out and grab him. Like, you're done. You're done. Yeah, you're you're like, yeah. Throw wrong. other people out on the stage. This kid needs help. But they just leave them out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, I did uh, take uh, write this down. I said, "How did I already take a page of notes on this movie?" Question mark. But guess what, guys? <laughs> There's way more pages coming. Uh, Adam mostly makes a, a, a lot of sweaty ones. Uh, oh, seriously, makes a lot of sweaty ones. And Adam is officially part of the crazy club. He has passed audition. Mike and Dallas decide to hire him. Uh, also, Dallas is building a new club, in Miami, and has agreed to cut Mike in with some of that equity. Uh, but also, that, well, hold on. He made out with a girl, and then McConaughey's like, don't ever make out with the girls. Like, that first off, like, don't ever do that. I love him kind of coming up and being like, hey, rule number one, you already broke it. But. I like this kid. I like what I like this. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my thing with this whole movie is like there is there's no consistency in like characters yeah. or what's actually going on where they're like, don't ever do that. But that's why you got the job. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's he likes the chutzpah, right? This is a raw material that you can then like combine to make the thing. You can whittle it away to make that sculpture. Um, but I also do want to note that I, I put a note in here that you guys see Matthew McConaughey looking on like like the proud mentor, there's a moment where it cuts back to him and he's bathed in green light and it's the creepiest fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, like, is <laughs> super into it. Anyway. The um, whole movie, I'm afraid Matthew's going to fuck his strippers. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> he's oh, yeah. very like, that's the vibe he puts out with all of them, just bear slapping them and with his Jesus. chest into their oh, chest. He's and so, he's like, so touchy-feely. A lot of sexual I'm, tension. I'm pretty sure he's had his way with all of these dudes. I, I, I mean, that's, I, what, that's why it reminds me of, uh, of uh, Boogie Nights. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. how in Boogie Nights all the porn stars are begging each other. That's, that's kind of the vibe I got here. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple of Matthew McConaughey facts for you here for this movie. Um, he got a phone call for this, and it is only the second time he's ever accepted a role over the phone. Uh, he laughed, and in 10 minutes, he accepted the role. He said, quote, I knew that I was just going to be able to fly, so I had to say yes. <laughs> Which, like, holy goddamn hell does he fly it's, in this fucking movie? It's one of those things where Tim, like, Matthew McConaughey is just, in this movie, the walking personification of ego. And it mm-hmm. somehow goes beyond that. It goes from like, oh my God, this guy is so fucking creepy to just like, by the time the movie is almost over, like this guy's a golden God. He can do literally no wrong. He's the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But when he does the, the little like, thr- like the thrust thing, his abs are so fucking defined. Oh my God, we're getting to the gym part. That's, <laughs> let's, that's get that's the let's get there. Let's, let's get, get there. there. Uh, let's see. That night they hook up with the birthday girl. Um, 
and her friend, and they party till the sun comes up, and then Adam and Mike jump into the ocean together, and they go, do we just become best friends? They actually said it! <laughs> like, they jumped off, and they're in the water, and I had that feeling. I was like, oh my god, this is great. But then he fucking said, are we best Do you want to be my best friend? You want to be my best friend? They love you like, together. Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, they head home and meet uh, Adam's sister, Brooke. Uh, Mike insults her table, and they do the opposite. They hit it off, uh, and he kind of makes fun of her for not liking breakfast or whatever. And then breakfast is going to be an ongoing motif in this. Um, just remember breakfast, ladies and gentlemen, because the last scene is going to be important. The next day, Dallas teaches Adam how to strip at a 24-hour fitness. <laughs> and he's wearing very small, very tight shorts that I like to imagine, Tim, came straight out of Matthew McConaughey's closet. Oh, I'd I like to imagine he's just like outfit, the whole outfit. Yeah, the yeah. crop top yeah. is superb. It's so superb, and like, I I don't know how they made him look so disgusting. Like Matthew McConaughey is a oh, very attractive man, oily. and this scene, it's like I wouldn't touch you ever. You're disgusting, and then every other time you see him, you're like, where did those abs go when he was Dude. in the crop top? They were there, man. How They've come guys been there. don't wear more crop tops? Just in general. Uh, well, I, mean, I, mean, I know why I don't. But I was like, I know exactly why I don't wear crop tops, Joe. <laughs> I, I hate but my stomach. I would just <laughs> like to share this to the world. Like, men, if you feel like you want to wear a crop top, you should do it more often. The only it's man I've ever seen in a crop top is Yusuf. And Yusuf? that makes sense. That makes <laughs> sense to me. And it's because Yusuf yeah. looks like Matthew McConaughey with this shirt off. Now, Joe, to answer your question, if I looked <laughs> mm-hmm. like any of the people in this movie... You would, mm-hmm. you would, you would have to try to staple that shirt to me. It would be off the entire time. Like Nick's, <laughs> his fucking shirt's off again. Like I would have to and call I, Kevin. There would be some like HR. Oh, issues. there would be. Like, I mean, it wouldn't be a violation make per Nick se. Wear a shirt. You would just work. every time you looked up, I would be flexing. That's all I'll say. I would be. Flexing. <laughs> put on a shirt though, but it'll be a fishnet shirt. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. Oh, it, it definitely it. like it definitely a crop top. This looks like not even a crop top. This looks like when when Greg wears the Mario Kart shirt. I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. Yeah. Uh, Same amount of sweat too. Oh, God. And oh. probably beefy <laughs> smell. Mike insults her table. They do the Anyway, the next day, Dallas teaches him to dance at the strip club, short shorts. Mike takes him. Uh, he teaches him how to thrust his pelvis as well, which is the start of his, uh, his, his, uh, what, what happened? Did someone come in? Oh, just this picture. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Kevin had it up. Got it. Um, there it is. Beautiful. And, uh, you know, this is Adam, the start of Adam's official journey uh, to become the kid. Uh, Mike takes him shopping for some stripper clothes, and they chat about Dallas. Uh, Brooke comes home and finds the bag of stripper goodies, and she wants to know what's happening. Uh, she thinks that he's maybe potentially having uh, uh, some some stuff happening with his sexuality, but he's like, no, 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 it's not that. I'm humping the stage for money. And she's like, oh, okay, well, at least you can pay rent. Uh, let's see. You know what? <laughs> okay, so Adam and Matt Bomber play cowboy on stage and adam can do the splits and has gotten a lot better at stripping in just like one night but guess who's there brooks there and she does not approve of any of this and mike's like you know what i have something brooke that will make this all better and do you know what that is tim pony pony the answer is pony and was he right nick Fuck me, he's right. And I'll tell you this, man. <laughs> if I were that actress, I'd be like, I'm sorry, guys. I could be an Academy Award winning actor. If I'm supposed to look mad right now, I don't have it in me. No, honestly, oh, she breaks. And, and, and that's what happens is because he's doing the most incredible dance I've ever fucking seen on stage. And I am just transfixed. Meanwhile, the camera cuts to her approximately 57 times. Yeah, 100%. And every single time, her face is just. 
and you Dude, you don't know what does. she's feeling. It's like, <laughs> what is going on? And then there's that one moment where she just breaks a little, and I'm like, that should have been the third time they cut to her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, he. Okay, so this is what I this is what I kept thinking the entire time. I don't know how a human being makes his body do the snake thing where he humps the floor, but in my elevated age, I have to imagine it's not good for your back. That just looks like it makes your lower back hurt. (laughs) Oh, I'm not trying that shit. No, I tried. I tried doing a windmill once in jujitsu class, and I threw my back out for like half a week. So I'm not doing any. I don't think I've ever had that kind of motion in my lower pelvis. I'm too. I'm too tight down there. But he also flips off the stage. I just want everyone to remember that. Like that's a moment that happens in this dance too. Ten out of ten. Points of articulation are like a Todd McFarlane toy from the nineties. You know, it's just, Oh my God. It's so true. That's hundred percent spot on. Uh, let's see. Mike, uh, Mike goes to the bank the next day with a stack of cash, but his credit sucks. So he can't get approved for loan. July. Is this he, also movie? Looks so, he also looks so funny in a suit and like very serious. It's like, Oh, what is this? He looks funny. He, he does not. And guys, correct me if I'm wrong here. Obviously I'm not saying he's not attractive. But this is the least attractive I've ever seen Chatty Taylor. Yeah, and they're acting yeah, like she's glasses. obsessed Swooning with this man. for him. I know. It was the bad. most bizarre plot. And he tries I've to show her the catalog and she just doesn't care at all. Yeah, I thought he was going to bang her. Yeah, he's like, he's like, here's my catalog, but like slides it down his chest. And like, his yeah, I, like, I, like, oh, hey. I, I thought like he kept giving her looks as if like, I'm about to seduce this woman because like, I need this loan or whatever. I need to get approved for it or whatever. So I thought he was going to get uh, a loan from Marie from Breaking Bad. They're minerals, Marie. I thought he was oh going to bang her. Thank is you, Andy. Really I was like, her? where is she from? That's yeah. the, the, the sister-in-law, right? Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. She's awesome. Um, so that doesn't work out. July, a month goes by. Mike comes over, rings the doorbell in the morning to sing happy birthday to Adam, dressed as Marilyn Monroe, and invites him and Brooke to a sandbar party. Olivia Munn shows up and is super touchy-feely, but Mike tells her that this is Brooke's not having any of that. She's a different type of girl than the girls we usually party with, i.e. I kind of like her, so maybe uh, let's not let's not try to use her. Uh, oh, then Matthew McC- like her? Because, why, Tim, she's different than Channing the other... Tatum like this girl? Because... She's she's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I assume it's the thing of like, oh, Channing Tatum gets all these girls all the time, so of course he's gonna fall in love with the one girl that she's doesn't give a fuck about. Doesn't him. want him. Yeah, yeah. but it, yeah. it's so weird to me where I'm like, I feel like they didn't even do a good enough job of showing that she doesn't want him, because she's always kind of just there. She's never not there. She never doesn't come to the things. It's true. You know? Um, again, yeah, I, I but I guess, really... I guess if you like Channing Tatum, girls are just throwing themselves at you, so that seems really like opposite in comparison. Yeah. I got the vibe that it was she was assume. the one person that could she, he could have a conversation with because with Olivia Munn, it's just banging or like picking up people, yeah. In the club, it's always the act, with her, it's someone you actually can talk to, yeah. And they, they sort of, and he's they like, sort what of is ex- this? They expand on that, uh, Chris, <laughs> in the scene where they are in bed, and she asks him, Man, you're. Here's Chatty Cathy tonight. What's up with all these questions? Yeah, exactly. And exactly. And that's when he kind of realizes, you know, fuck, I kind of just want to yeah. have a conversation. I don't want to just be banging all the time. Yeah. Uh, Brooke, let's see. Uh, then Matthew McConaughey gives everyone a lecture on investing. And then Brooke and Mike go for a walk around the entire island. I have to imagine they walked around like four times because it ain't that big. And she tells him that he's actually kind of a good dancer. And we're all like, duh, <laughs> get there a little faster next time. If you know what I mean? Because we've been on the Channing Tatum fucking train since the beginning. Adam was supposed to go to college on a scholarship, but ruined it by fighting with his coach the same day. And now he's trying to figure out, she's trying to figure out why he's turned to stripping. And Channing Tatum says probably the deepest thing in this whole movie. Quote, he's 19 years old. 
women, money, and a good time. And then she's like, well, that doesn't sound very productive. And then Channing Tatum goes, hey, I got him, okay? And she's like, all right, I guess I'll believe you, Channing Tatum. After all, your nickname is Magic Mike. Uh, he invites her to the show again, and they're probably going to make out because Channing Tatum is way too freaking charming for his own good, but it doesn't happen until the end of the movie. Uh, they do an army number, uh, during which every single person on stage is in fatigues with, like, tank tops Except Matthew McConaughey, who's just wearing the leather pants because you can't get him out of them. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but I'm in touch. He's like, leather's really, really cold. Um, <laughs> then they shoot machine gun rounds uh, out of their penises and they do pull-ups while humping the ground. And then Mike brings Adam home wasted, but Brooke is on a date with that dude who sucks, so he goes home by himself to flatten so bad, his uh, $1 and he hits up Joanna, played by Olivia Munn. And then he tries to connect with her that night. And this is the scene Andy was talking about where he's just like asked her to quit. What do you study again? And by the way, maybe, maybe Channing, I'm just throwing it out there, Mike. Uh, one of the reasons why you're not connecting with her is because every time she's told you, the three times she's told you that she's stagnant. You don't listen like, to her. Psychologist, you don't fucking listen to her. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe maybe that might be one of the reasons. Uh, she's like, you're a chatty Kathy. With this, let's call this what this is. We're booty calls. Just call me when you want to have fun. But stop trying to date me because you suck. Uh, we get another stripper montage. Uh, where everyone is dressed like gold and then Tarzan and then oh, like yeah. doctors. This is just um, great. Hold on. Before you go on, let me tell you about our sponsors. Je ne sais quoi. In case you don't speak French, that means I don't know what, which I never knew. But now I knew thanks to Babbel, the number one selling language learning app. One of Greg Miller's goals for New Year was to learn a new language and Babbel has made the whole process addictively fun and easy with bite-sized lessons that he'll actually be able to use in the real world. And not just a new language, specifically French, so that he can expertly speak to his wife, Jean Viev. Uh, Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a language on the go. Unlike the infamous language classes we took in high school, God, I hated those. Babbel designs their courses with practical, real-world conversations in mind, things you'll get to use in everyday life. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. That's pretty cool. Uh, with Babbel, you can choose 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, their Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Start your language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use code MORNING. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Use code MORNING for an extra three months free. Babbel.com. Use the code MORNING. Babbel. Language for life. Now, Nick, I want to talk about this because I, I think that this was such a brilliant moment in the movie because it was totally like, okay, we're making a movie about male strippers. We want to make sure that we're inclusive of everything. You know, let's get it on montage. Great. Let's do the montage. Like, you know, they're like, we, we, we have the budget to do this. We, we didn't need to spend too much on the set because it's just one stage. So somebody go to a prop place, get as many different costumes as you can, mm -hmm. and we're just going to go for it. They raided a, a, a spirit Halloween, and they were like doctors and army people, and then we'll mm -hmm. just – I mean, I look at the one where I'm like – am I the only person that looked at them head to toe painted in glittery gold and was like, that's got to be the last number of the night, right? How the <laughs> fuck do you get them out of that? That's like two hours to clean up per person. 
Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Dallas throws a party during a hurricane to announce to everyone that as of September 1st, they will be the cock rocking kings of 4,000 square feet of Miami real estate because the new club is about to open. Dallas tells. Um, By the way, that him, seems really cool. Just to be like at a party in a hurricane. Seems cool. Sounds scary. Actually. Raining Does outside. Sound scary? Just, I mean, like they're safe. They're not worried about it. It's just kind of like. It's just I mean, they're cool all thing. on so much ecstasy that I don't think it really matters. Yeah, yeah that's, just, true. that's true. Touching the weather. Uh, Dallas <laughs> tells Mike, he's like, hey, Mike, you got that 7.5% coming. And Mike's like, I thought it was 10%, and this is why you always get it in writing. Uh, and then Adam wants to hook up with Nora, played by Riley Kehoe, who's one of my faves. Uh, and she has a She's cute so baby good. pig. And Mike calls Joanna, but she blows him off. The pig. I know the pig, uh, which I was like, oh, surely that pig won't be eating someone's vomit later in this movie. Oh. But I was wrong. <laughs> uh, they buy some drugs from Matt Bomber and Adam hooks up with his wife and then everyone hooks God, up. Every with time everyone. you call the guy, I keep thinking you're saying Matt Bonner, who's like a former Spurs player. And every time I hear it, it just throws me off. Man. No, I think his name's Matt Bomber, right? Is that, is that how you say his yeah. name? Matt Bomber, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I, I never learned his name. <laughs> And I look at everyone hooking up with everyone, Tim, and everyone doing all the ecstasy, and I think to myself, Tim, is it too late to pivot and for us to become male strippers? Yeah, August. We are, no. we're above 30, Nick, so <sighs> yes. That's actually probably 100% true. Nobody wants a 41-year-old, five foot eight male stripper with hey, more hair on his back than his Kevin, head. what's his name in this movie? Kevin Nash. Really yeah, he's jacked, though, and he's like Yeah, but Nick doesn't want to be the Kevin Nash. <laughs> Nobody wants to clearly, be Kevin Nash of the group. Clearly, Nick has uh, he's spoken his distaste of Kevin Nash. <laughs> by the way, it's so funny because I love Kevin. The last movie we saw Kevin Nash in, obviously, was uh, was John, John Wick, Wick number one. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's a much better character for him. He just stands there. I uh, loved him in this. I thought he was like, because he's not, they never put him front and center. The wolf pack, baby. No, he knows what he is. <laughs> Fucking wolf pack. Keep, keep him way back there, way back there with Joe Manganello. Uh, Adam buys a truck, so they all go out to celebrate, and Mike tells Brooks he, Brooke he really wants to build custom furniture, and she tells him he must be good with his hands. Wink, wink, and he's like, damn, girl. And she asks him why he's not in business, and he says something about he's been saving for six years, and he has exactly $13,000 saved up, which will come in handy later. Uh, Brooke doesn't want to tell Adam what to do, but she's scared that he might go to Miami. Uh, Mike finally asks Brooke out on a date, but she's still sort of dating shitty Paul, even though he moved to Orlando. Shitty tall um, Paul. <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> tall Paul sucks. Stupid ass um, tall Paul. Adam wants to drink more and just party his day away, but he can't because we got that sorority party tonight, and Brooke has the keys to the truck they show up as cops tim and then they bring the heat dude Ooh. this entire scene it's was 10 out of fucking 10 man the moment they said the word sorority i was like oh they're gonna do it and they did it better than i could have ever fucking imagined this whole yeah. thing was it was incredible but yeah. it's very weird to me that the sorority was like hey we're gonna have a party Little dare college invite, rules action right there. We're gonna invite all of our boyfriends, and then we're gonna make them stand in the room next door to us while we get dry humped by two of the world's prettiest male strippers I've ever seen in my life. What an awkward, what an awkward exchange. Oh, I missed the part where is this a thing that happens at colleges? Because I went to like a really small, tiny one, and I don't think we ever had strippers. I went to, at I went to art school, Joe. Trust me, it gets wild. <laughs> it gets wild. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I, was I, was working, working, I was working at every, Best Buy. Every stripper coming to a house that I was at story ends not this way, but like it, it never ends well. It's always some sort of we all are forced to leave earlier than we expect. Yeah, exactly. And it costs way too much money. Um, I do want to call back to the scene where um, where they were on stage and Chan Tatum was dancing on the girl and he was kind of like thrusting his uh, thrusting his dick in the in the woman's face. And we were watching in the discord. I was I had already watched it, but it, we were in the discord and, and our, our good friend Washman was like, all right, come on. How how do they 
how are they allowing that? It's like, no, this is how the male strip, uh, you know, strip performances go. And then I said, yeah, have you ever watched The Dancing Bear, everybody? And that's a good callback to an old Game Over Greggy show. <laughs> no. They're real, everybody. Dancing Bear is real. It's a good one. Yep. It's not real, um, Andy. Come on. Just Kevin, mute your mic. Mute your it's fucking not. mic. It's real it's to me, Danny. It's not real. It's real to I'll never forget the first time my, my real first introduction to this was there was like an episode of Real Sex. You guys remember Real Sex on HBO? Of course. You ever watch yeah. that? There was an, mm. I think it was Real Sex. There was an episode about an all-male strip like, review. I guess I'm going to crank it to the 60-year-old woman. Like, I got nothing else. <laughs> oh, well, this one was different. This <laughs> no, one was male strippers. <laughs> and they had to have their um, their underwear specifically made because they were so big, they had to make a little, like, tube for it to hold their their manhood. And I remember thinking, I'll never, ever have that. Like um, even like at this young age, I know that's yeah. what I'm destined for. <laughs> I was like, ah, no, there's no, not no. a growth spurt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> These guys had it all. Uh, let's see. I lost my pace on the page. Everyone, vamp, vamp. Oh, they bring the heat. Uh, and this is the part where, of course, Adam starts selling ecstasy that he got from uh, Gabriel Iglesias, uh, and he has no idea how many pills he has, but he starts giving to the girl, and she kind of freaks out a little bit. And then one of her boyfriends is like, "Yo, did you give my girlfriend ecstasy?" And at this point, I'd be like. What do you care, man? You've been over in that room sulking over a fucking natty light for three hours. Clearly, you're not a fucking <laughs> like you're not trying to take any responsibility for this situation. But of course, they get into it. Bottles get smashed over people's heads, and then we get a uh, uh, sorority boyfriend fight versus half naked stripper fight, and it's amazing. It's amazing. just fraternity boy versus half naked stripper. It was just I loved that. I, I felt like that was the best way to get out of this situation. Yep. And the the cinematography was just on point getting the wide shot of the two almost naked dudes being surrounded by people <laughs> and you just see like butts everywhere it was awesome <laughs> and speaking of the cinematography this is just blows my mind as we were doing this interview i looked at the wikipedia because i wanted to know uh who shot this and i'm a little shocked to find out the answer so the director of this how do you say his name nick steven uh, uh steven soderbergh soderbergh yeah. uh cinematography is by steven soderbergh as Peter Andrews and edited by Steven Soderbergh as Mary Ann Bernard. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, excuse you. So I Googled this and I looked it up. Apparently he has been doing this as some under the radar way to get around union stuff in the industry of how much people are allowed to work on things. So he, <laughs> due to issues with the writer's guild early on in his career, he was forced to come up with a pseudonym to receive credit for cinematography work on his films. He chose the name Peter Andrews as a tribute to his father's first and middle names. And interestingly enough, he was also forced to come up with a pseudonym credit for his editing work, for which he chose Mary Ann Bernard to honor his mother. So mm. he was working triple duty on this movie. Well, maybe next part? time. Huh. Don't. Maybe I'm next time hire a real writer. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a, that's a quick way to get around like diversity issues. Just like, you know, just... Be somebody every time, right? Come on, Steven Soderbergh, figure it out, dude. Jesus. Um, they leave the house so fast that they actually leave the bag behind. But Adam's like, "It's okay, man. It's probably only like a hundred pills anyway." And he's like, "Oh, that's only a thousand dollars. I guess we can pay that back. No big you deal." The best part. I love that to leave. Adam pulls out his fake gun. Yeah, yeah. On, his, on the frat <laughs> kid. He's like waving it around. <laughs> he just throws it at the end. Uh, uh, later, what I wanted was like the cops to break in and be like, eh, and like stop the fight and be like. Y'all down a party and then they start stripping. <laughs> 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 like, who's who there? Everybody's stripping. <laughs> the rolling door, yeah. The frack guys are like, they have too much of an advantage wearing no clothes. Let's go. We got to take our clothes off. 
Uh, so slippery. <laughs> so oily and glittery. We'll never get this off. Um, Mike sees Joanne at a bar, uh, but guess what? She's chilling with her fiance, and it's super awkward. And this guy seems way too cool. Like, they got some sort of weird, cool relationship like I've never even heard of. Because he's like, um, you guys seem to have an issue. Like, let's put it this way. If I were with my fiance and Channing Tatum walked in and made it very clear that he had been, like, having sexual intercourse with her, I don't know how I'd react, but that's probably not the way I'd react. I probably yeah, wouldn't like, be that oh, chill hey, about like, it. Oh, hey, like, I'm going to head out because clearly, like, you're, he just died surprised that you have a fiance. That's yeah. not the conversation you leave. No, no yeah, honestly, no. this was like probably the main scene in the entire movie that made me think there was no writer because literally it kind of felt like each one of them had a goal that didn't line up with the other mm-hmm. where the scene starts. And first off, it's like from everything we know about these characters, I'm surprised she'd have a fiance. That seems a little bit just out of nowhere. It's at most been a month and a half <laughs> since we've seen him and her hook up for debatably the first right. time. But then, it, like the way that the 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 tall Paul or no, it wasn't tall Paul. It was the the whatever the fiance Paul Tall uh, react <laughs> Paul Tall, Mr. Paul Tall over here. The way that he reacts to all of this, it almost feels like Channing Tatum said something else to his yeah. fiance, and he's like, "Okay, cool, you guys can deal with this," and just like walks away. It's so fucking weird. Like when you really think about like the actual plot of this movie, like Channing Tatum's, if I even want to call it character growth is so truly bizarre because like i know we've just spent the last 53 minutes talking about the plot of this movie but nick do your best to explain to me what in in just a couple sentences what is channing tatum trying to do upon second viewing of this film (laughs) he's trying to find himself right he he is you were seeing his story mirrored in adam and when he sees the, what it's doing to him, he realizes, I don't want to turn into that. And obviously, I don't want to turn into Matthew McConaughey. This whole world is destructive. It's destroying everyone. I'm trying to find myself. That is, I believe, and, and to to the credit of the filmmakers, I, I think that actually comes across at the end where he has the breakdown where he's like, I just can't be in this world anymore. Um, after the part we're about to get to where they decide to do ecstasy all night and bang each other. But see, that's that's the thing that confuses me, though. So, okay, I get the subtext of you saying he's trying to find himself. Mm-hmm. What he's actually trying to do is start a furniture store, which is <laughs> fucking weird as hell. And, like, what gets weirder is, like, his choices of, to, of what he does in his life to get to that goal. Because mm-hmm. it's like he clearly is making a metric fuck ton of money from stripping. We see sure. his house. They reference that a couple times. But he's also an entrepreneur, so he has a couple jobs that don't seem to be paying him much. In the beginning of the movie, we see right. him at the roofer begging for more than minimum wage. It just doesn't add up. I don't understand. I think think he's got the the 13. I mean, he says he's been saving for six years. So I don't think he's making a ton of money because to just save $13,000 in six years is actually not that much money. If you think about how that breaks down, I think he's trying to figure out how to get something started in his life. And he's quickly realized that he's run out of time because while it's kind of cute, that Adam, a 19-year-old, is getting lost in the party lifestyle of, like, nightclubs and, and partying in Miami or Orlando, wherever they're at. It's not quite as charming anymore when you turn 31. Um, again, yeah. which is why you should just stop skateboarding and don't even bother. Don't even think about being a DJ. And, and plus, see, the thing is they reveal plus, him being 30 <clears throat> this late into the movie. Yeah. It's like we and, don't know that as viewers. Yeah, I think also just him meeting Adam's sister and – seeing something that you know seeing a meeting a woman that clearly isn't part of that life that she represents the normie view of everything where you're not partying and stripping every night till the break of dawn you know i think him meeting her and realizing like 
damn, this is what nor this is what uh, a bit of normalcy. This could bring like a bit of normalcy to my life. Yeah, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to become Matthew McConaughey at forty something years old. I don't want to be stripping forever. I kind of got this sculpting thing that I that I've been interested in and I've had a passion for. That you know, all these other elements are kind of pulling me away from the stripping world, and I need to get out. Is kind of what I was. But I, yeah, I'm with Andy, but I also think that the furniture thing itself is not the real thing, right? That's yeah, just yet here. another red herring where it's like he doesn't really want to do that. He just thinks that's going to lead him to some sort of happiness or legitimacy where he really just needs to do some soul searching, get the hell out of this industry. I, I, I think I always read that the furniture was his like that was his creative outlet. He wanted to be his creative, but I think it's not that he was seeing that I can become Adam. It's I have been Adam for 10 years and I've been mm -hmm. lying to myself that I have this out. I have this door, but I've never actually taken those steps right yeah. and now i'm trying to see i'm now that i'm being shown that like you know you are 30 and you have been failing at this for 10 years and you're saying that you're not you need to actually do something about it or you'll forever be locked in here and i think brooke is a weird mirror for him in mm -hmm. some way um but i think it's just about him finally realizing that like he's he's just been lying to himself for six years and he needs to finally get out I agree. And the thing, I think largely to the, like, kind of the, all of the plot, I think they took the six, like, whatever time that Channing was a real stripper, I think they just condensed all of that into three months. Yeah. <laughs> so all of those events are just <laughs> happening really fast. Yeah. He's having this about, whereas I think, it, like, in real life, probably took him years to get to that point. Um, yeah. And, and instead sense. of furniture, it was step up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have made more sense in this movie. Great film. Great movie. At like, one I think point... better, it's like, he wants to be a real dancer, because then I think that, reflects more when he does that like new set mm -hmm. or it would it's less a strip show and more just him doing a dance routine i think if, if that was his thing of like i really i love dancing that's why i'm so good at it in this movie and mm -hmm. i just happen to be a stripper and that happens to be the way i'm um, using it but i actually want to do something legitimate about this but i think at that point it's just uh what was that jessica beale movie um flash dance yeah just kind of that at that point yeah yeah i agree um mm -hmm. let's see they go back i'm sorry andy do you have a question or are you no, I'm, I'm flicking up a, a, a Coke bottle can. Copy that. Coke, Coke bottle can, yeah. Um, Dallas gives Mike shit for not collecting the fee that night, and they get into it about Dallas using them uh, in them for their talent. And Dallas tells him that he wants to earn. He's like, you want to earn that equity? You need to bring something fresh. To which I reply, how many repeat customers do they have that they can't just do the same fucking show over and over again? Like, what freshness does this show need? That doesn't matter. Uh, he does, and then he goes, oh, fuck it, I'm going to do the dance. And he does a dope-ass dance, and Tim, and he's got, like, the Kevlar vest on, and he's twirling around the stage, and it's just, it's everything. It's uh, everything. Then he gets hammered and tells Adam that we're going to get fucked up tonight, right? Right. And then they do, and it's really sweaty, and the baby pig witnesses the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mike wakes up uh, to Brooke banging on his front door um, the next day, and we see his butt again. Woohoo! And then when she checks in on him, he's lay uh, Adam's laying face down in a pile of his own vomit, and the pig is eating it, and Nora is dead. But nobody seems to care about Nora because Adam's all that matters. Uh, Brooke freaks out on Mike and calls him out for being a loser. She's like, you're a fucking 31-year-old stripper and basically just lays it out like, dude, you're, you think you're something else you're not. You, you keep saying you're something else you're not. It's all your actions and you're just kind of a piece of shit because you're not actually taking care of my brother. Um, and then she takes Adam home and tells him that he can't do this anymore. He's got to leave. She can't, be, she, she can't be a part of this. Uh, when Mike gets home, he finds uh, Tobias and his crew 
robbing him and breaking his shit up. Turns out Adam does not owe them a thousand dollars. It was a full uh, pack of the, or whatever the terminology they use for the the thing. It's ten thousand dollars, not one thousand dollars. And now his supplier wants him to pay up, uh, and Mike reluctantly, begrudgingly coughs up the money and heads to talk to Adam, but he's not there. Uh, Brooke is, however, she's kicked Adam out, uh, and he's about to walk away. And he's like, he's does, he's doing the thing to him. He's like, fine, we'll just tell him. Just tell him I was here. And then he stops himself and he's like, you know what? You think that I'm one thing, but I'm not that thing. I'm not Magic Mike. And he stumbles over his words a lot, into which I would have been like, cool. That was a good first take. Let's try this about 10 more times so we actually get some, <laughs> some words out of your mouth. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's what they were going for, right? They were going for the, the, the natural sort of – I mean, it's like when they were on the beach and uh, they had that scene where Channing Tatum and um, – what's her face? Olivia Munn and Brooke are all there talking – and he goes, yeah. Oh, she's an analyzer. Yeah, she's gonna be analyzing all of us. Like, right. they wanted like the 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 wrong. Like, they, this guy's not this super smart guy. You know, he's just kind of a a Joe Schmo who's really good at dancing with phenomenal abs. You know, unbelievable abs. We'll get into that later. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, he tells Chris, her he's like, you Chris, know what? Though? You got a question? Sorry. No, no, no. I was just fixing my mic. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells her. Well, questions I, like, I will say though, Nora's sure. not actually dead. She's just really, really, really passed out. Because because he, he uh, uh, Brooke brings her up here. She's like, oh, I think Adam's crashing with Nora. Mm. Oh, okay, good. But she um, looked like she was dead. You're right. Yeah, she looked dead. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I, I, I do have a, a plot clarification question. So did McConaughey offer Adam equity, but did not yes. offer Mike? I think he offered Why? both of them equity. I think oh, I, know, both I think, both I think he it, thought yeah. that he's the new kid and has more allure than Channing Tatum. Because I have to read that Mike he, did not get it. No, Mike was getting the 7.5 when he, which originally he was told 10, and then he's bringing Adam up to his level, and Mike's like, this kid's been here for a month. I've been here for six years. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So I think he's, to, he's feeling cheated out that like now Adam is mm-hmm. the new hot thing, and it's like, right. he's done nothing for you. I've been doing this all for you. Yeah, I'm the one who's totally. even brought Adam into this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. He tells her, but he, has, he breaks down in front of her, and he says, I don't want to be a 40-year-old stripper. I don't want to go to Miami. I want... Uh, to be better than that, but Brooke isn't the one. He's she's like Brooke has the best line in the whole movie. Here she's like, I'm not the one you need to convince or believe what you're saying. Like you need to believe it. Like I don't give a shit, but you clearly don't believe what you're talking about. Uh, Adam meets up with him on the beach and is super cocky about paying Mike back. Uh, but he's like, man, but in ten years we're gonna be looking back on this and laughing. And I'm like, bro, I'll start laughing when you start fucking coughing up the ten G's that you owe me, homie. Um, Adam's having a fucking ball, and that, and it's all thanks to Mike. And he wants to toast to their bright, bright future. Later that night at the club, Mike looks around as everyone's getting ready for the show, and he finally realizes that Matthew McConaughey is terrible at playing guitar and is a bad singer, and all of this <laughs> has no future. Uh, Nick, Dallas this is does, real bad. Nick, this is real bad. You know what, guys? I got some facts for you here. <laughs> Give it they to are oh my gosh. extremely weird. Uh, McConaughey had no stripping scene in the original script, and he requested that if he was going to be in this movie, he needed his own stripping scene. Uh, but then the, the beginning part where they're singing the Ladies of Tampa before he strips, the song was written in three hours by the music supervisor. McConaughey, uh, Martin Blasick, and, and McConaughey's guitar coach just decided to come up with it at the, on the spot. Three hours later, they just did it. Maybe you shouldn't have done that. No. Maybe Go back to the hotel room. Everybody has a right guitar coach. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I mean, listen, if you're Matthew McConaughey, Where's my guitar Joe, coach? you got a surfer coach, you got a hair coach, you got a shoe coach, you got someone that can coach just how you walk. You're Matthew McConaughey. All right. 
Let's see. Uh, Dallas does the final dance number, and then Mike hits the exit. Uh, and he cries a little bit on his way over to presumably Brooke's house. We won't know. We'll see in a second. Back at the club, Dallas walks around like the golden, sweaty god that he is. And he's super stoked, and he's super touchy-feeling. And he's doing the thing where he's getting way too close to talking to people. But you're like, I can't tell if you're inspiring me, turning me on, or just creeping me the fuck out, Matthew McConaughey. Maybe it's a little all three. <laughs> Adam tells Dallas that Mike's gone. And Dallas is like, where'd he go, man? He's like, no, 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 man. Mike's gone. And then Dallas promotes him to the man. And I can't wait. I can't wait for it, Tim. One of the, one of these days, Andy, Andy's going to give us that look. And we're going to be like, Andy, you're now promoted to the man. The man. How's that Mandy feel, Andy? Cortez. No pay, Andy Cortez. No pay raise. You just. No, you don't. <laughs> just the title bump. Going back to uh, the Dallas's uh, strip that he does. Uh, that scene where he rolls backwards, grabs yeah. his dick. You know, yeah. which is a fucking thing of, of beauty. That was improv <laughs> because the entire audience for the entire movie, anytime there's women in the crowd, they were all extras who were just given the direction of just respond to what's happening. <laughs> like, I love just, it. Just I don't think that's that hard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's why they're extremely excited the entire time. But what happened there is the extras got a little bit too excited and accidentally ripped his G string. There are many moments in this movie that have uh, accidental, like, issues with wardrobe and stuff but they're like we're just gonna keep it in because it's real that's how stripping goes uh but instead of stopping the dance mcconaughey just incorporated it that's why he rolls back grabbing it is because his g-string was ripped <laughs> that's a, that's an academy award-winning actor right there what is this Folks. movie it i would love like if there was a everything. scene earlier since these are real extras like like channing him because someone's just like is that fucking channing tatum <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no idea what the fuck they're in for. You, that, you talking about how, like, white collar? You, you talking about things getting out of hand? It just reminds you of maybe Tim telling us a fact of a story where there were animals involved, right? And it's like, <laughs> but then, like, one of them got bit by the alligator, so that he, he was bleeding there. He had to keep on going with the take. It's like, yeah, one of the ladies ripped off the underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. Um, on stage, the cock rocking kings of Tampa make it rain, but this time Adam is running points. Uh, Mike does, in fact, show up at Brooke's house, kind of a broken man. Uh, Brooke tells him that she didn't know this morning what Mike did for Adam, so she's sorry she was a little hard on him, but Mike didn't do it for Adam. He's like, I didn't do it for Adam. And she's like, well, who did you do it for? Because I didn't, I didn't owe him any money, so you'd have to do it for me. And he's like, well, no, I, I did it for you. Uh, also, he's like, guess what? I'm not going to Miami after all. I'm staying put. And she's like, well, what are you going to do with your life? He goes, I don't really know. Um, and then Brooke asks him if he wants to get some food and talk about it. And he goes, what, like a date? Mirroring what they had said before. And he goes, what's Tall Paul going to say? And she goes, well, Tall Paul can't say anything because I broke up with him. And his dumb ass is in Orlando. And apparently we're in Tampa Bay. But Brooke, guess what, guys? Only likes one place and one place only where she can get breakfast. And that place doesn't open until 6 a.m. And Magic Mike doing that quick math. And he's like, well, that's seven hours from now. What are we going to do? What can we do with seven hours? Quick power nap. Asks him. Yeah, exactly. I'll be back we'll in be seven hours. Yeah, we'll be ready to go. Pretty sleepy. <laughs> Good night's rest, you know? Uh, the credits roll to foreigners feels like the first time as Brooke leans over and kisses Mike. And that there we have it. It's Magic Mike. Magical Michael, everybody. Uh, the last two <laughs> facts I have for you here. James Marston was offered a role but turned it down because he was worried that his lines would be cut and he'd look like a naked extra. 
hilarious. Smart. <laughs> Smart. Because uh, they probably would have killed him. They probably would have killed his character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He probably uh, would have been Matt Bomber, right? I he's like, hey, Sean Bean, do you want to be in Magic Mike? Yeah. He's like, no, like, I do oh, not. Man. I get killed in everything. <laughs> like, he's he's going to OD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, sorry, by the end of the movie, he's like, I didn't even film that scene where I OD. How did they get me OD? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Anthony Mackie, the Falcon, wanted to be in it, but Johnny Tatum wouldn't let him. Oh Lovely. really? Why not? Yeah, apparently they're friends, and like they were just like uh, he was just fucking with them, and he just ended up not happening. That's like, that? so. I was about to say like, funny. yeah, this movie needed more like uh, minorities. <laughs> Too many white people in this movie. It's a lot of white dudes. But uh, then the, the, normally in in review, every once in a while, I'll come across like in the Miyazaki movies, it was like how many colors were used in uh, in the movie, or for John Wick, it's what's the body count or whatever, like how many VFX shots or an Edgar Wright movie. How many times do you think the word fuck is said in this movie? 73. I'm doing 146. 51. 153 times the word fuck is in this movie. 153 times? I would have not noticed that. I don't know what it says about us. I don't even notice that these is it wolf of wall street that also says fuck like a ridiculous oh, amount of times yes. Yes. yeah jonah hill wonder, has the most said words do you know how many times that i, know. That's a I great just want to know for comparison it was many. wall street crazy enough was a sequel to this movie this is where dallas it's goes wild exactly. yeah <laughs> a lot of dallas. This, is, this is dallas buyers club right here <laughs> exactly stockbroker oh, andy man. hit me with a little haiku in review please seven syllables in the middle You'll need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form, just like Grant Burton did. It's a magic film and a very yellow film. Plenty to look at. So it is yellow. distractingly yellow. And I get that they're like, it's Florida, but we can just not do that. It looks like bad boys. <laughs> uh, Devin Conway writes also in Florida. with a two-part haiku here. Movie is too tame. The yellow filter sucks ass. Maybe the sequel's better? Montages of hot dude stuff. Oh, look, we need a plot. Unearned heel turn. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Miscellaneous comes in with the plot in haiku form. Three haikus back-to-back -back here. Fucking abs for days. Sexual assault on stage. New kids, all the rage. Things don't go their way. Beefing with McConaughey. Drink their cares away. Mike's in love with Brooke. Took Miami off the book. Breakfast. She didn't cook. Damn, Damn. dog. That's, that's good. Holy <laughs> fuck. That's good. Yeah, that's real good. That was fantastic. That was magical. Uh, and now we're going to do something. Real special here, Andy. We have to do it. Were they born, born in lives? Now it's time to rank those abs. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rank Those Abs, the podcast within a podcast where we rank those abs. And man, has my job never been harder than it is right now. <laughs> the men on this stage in general uh, in this movie have very, very, very good abs. Uh, but I'm going to say this. Uh, Channing Tatum and Adam, that, that character, good abs, really good abs. Like abs that if I had, I'd be like, y'all eat your fucking heart out because these abs are just great. But Joe Manganiello and yep. Matthew McConaughey's abs yep. are on a different Next level. fucking yep. level. So my question to you guys is, and we'll go around the room, who do you think has the number one spot? Do you think we're going to give it to Matthew McConaughey's definition or do we think we're going to give it to Joe Manganiello's bulk? Let's start with Chris. I'm going to go with Joe. 
He's going to go with Joe's number one. Off of all of True Blood, he's been holding that. He's been he's been buff like that for like six years. Yeah, he's been and adding, that adding to for, it, You yeah. know, everyone else is like gaining and lowing. Joe has been this level forever, and Andy. I think he he takes it. Okay. Yeah, Andy. I think the level of consistency, Chris is really hitting on that level of consistency with Joe's body. I think that we are. I think we always use Tom Holland as the. If you're skinny and ripped, uh, you get count. less credit for Doesn't me count. because Cheating. Joe, it caught. I think it takes a bit more to keep that body looking as good as it does, and it's bulkier. And to me, McConaughey's like more cut, less body fat. But I think Joe's body overall looks like a superhero. He's insane, Joey. I will also go with Joe Manganiello. <clears throat> he. I've just always loved him, so I feel like I have a bias towards him in general. Not that I don't love Matthew McConaughey. But yeah, he just like kind of fills the whole package. I will say that I'm looking at this picture of Matt Bomber, and I don't think we're giving him enough credit. Are we not I'm giving enough it, credit? Can I'm going to put, put the, it Can we see a picture passes. of all of them on stage? Is there is there a possibility where we can look at all of them? Look at this. Kevin, if you, I just put this in, and then you can make the picture a little bit bigger. Yeah, uh, it sounds This good. picture is not seconds. doing... Kevin oh, Nash this, any favors it's really <laughs> not a particularly uh, flattering one and this one also doesn't have Matthew McConaughey has some other random guy that I don't really recognize yeah I don't know who, that, who there's two actors in this that I don't recognize who those are they were not in the original the, in the movie. one on the right uh -oh. I think is this the might guy be, from CSI Miami oh this is this is double XL that's why yeah that's double XL this is the sequel oh yeah. that's why so we can't okay. well, we can't never gauge mind. on this we don't, can't don't show on this that. don't show that well, don't show that I was gonna say one more one more one more point to, to why is on the, that on the only Joe's scale uh, is um, Matthew McConaughey does not have an ass, and I think that mm. like puts kind of the whole mm. package down. Mm. I know we're rating abs, but I think no, no. I mean, Chris, you're making a great point. I think they all are complementary things, you know. And again, this is uh, the criteria upon which we're uh, ranking all these things is not scientific. So you can bring whatever you want into this. And Joey, to your earlier point, you don't have to be fair and balanced in any part. <laughs> this is magic <laughs> mind. Okay, we're not doing Schindler's List here. <laughs> Uh, Tim, you're the final decider. Are you going to go? Going to go, Manganiello? What are you going to do? Here's the thing. I maintain that Dallas, the character of Dallas, is one of my favorite this things to ever greatest. be put on film. But when we're talking about abs, like I would rank any single one of Joe's abs above Matthew McConaughey. Those things right. are beefy. They are girthy. <laughs> they are all of those words. Dare I say, moist? I'm sure right, that, you can that those things are glistening. I, I just want to like for sure I soft. touch it. With any part of my body, you know what I mean. Any fingertip, my tongue. Sure. That's what I want to do. Sure. I had the same thought watching Chantan walking down the beach that that Nick has thought about as well several times. Where it must be cool just to be able to walk around like that. Oh, like, dude, in the, in the board shorts and you know what yeah. I mean. Like you know, Andy. If I were, here's the two things I'd be I'd be thinking about three things walking around like that. A, my my shorts are just too tight. And I'm getting I'm getting the the muffin top. It's just happening, and I don't like it. B, I'm I will just I will constantly be like, can people tell that I'm trying to just cover up my 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 stomach right now? And like, is there is this working? Is it not working? And then C, I'd be like, I've just had don't have enough alcohol in my system for this for the confidence level that it takes to do this. Mm. But he's got the thing where like he's got the Joe the thrust thing that he's doing, where like the pants are almost falling off, and everyone's like, if they fall off, so be it. That's God's will. Nick, say something <laughs> funny. <laughs> Uh, say like just, a say like a joke, like wow, this is really abstract. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know what this is from, but 
I yeah. I don't know how. I, like this is just it's unreal. <laughs> I don't know how it's, it's possible. What the fuck is that side ab thing going on? Uh, like, I've never seen that know. before. You, I've never this seen this. Looks like ever. this looks like Raf Grassetti, the character artist from Sony Santa Monica. This looks like something that he'd put in his portfolio. Is like, <laughs> hey, I'm doing an anatomy uh, body sort of. Uh, you know, I'm teaching you all how to sculpt perfect abs. This is what that looks like. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's the top part of the V, but usually it's so hard to define and break those two muscles up that most people, it just looks like one shape. Yeah. It's two actual different muscles, and he's actually able to split them apart. That's unfucking Has he ever eaten a pizza? Good lord. No. He hasn't eaten pizza. So obviously we don't need to rank this because it's the first one, so it's number one. But instead of doing Ragu Bagu to end this, uh, we don't need to necessarily have a song or a fun name or anything. I just want to, I want us to, in these movies, rank the best set piece. All right, so you know what this is going to be, Nick. We're going to do the same thing. You just come up with a second word. Ready? Mm -hmm. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I wasn't okay. ready. Turns out I was we'll the one wait. that wasn't ready. Ready, ready? Ragu. Set piece. Set piece. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go. <laughs> come on. We're, we're the same person at this point, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start. Uh, what's gonna up, everybody? Sorry. Yeah, go for okay, it. What do you think? Say it, it, it is definitely uh, Channing Tatum's pony. Oh, it's the pony. Yeah, yeah it's the pony. Yeah. I feel like it would be a disservice to rank it's anything higher than that. Yeah, it is a beautiful thing. Like I, I could rewatch that scene like ten times and just focus on different parts of his body <laughs> to see what they're doing. They're all moving in different ways. And, and, and then, and then here's the thing. I mean, you put that shit on mute, just not as effective. Uh, you put right. pony, oh, you put yeah. pony the on there, and sense. as a total package, I mean, yeah. it is insanely good. This you is put what pony speaks... on any scene ever. It exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. This is what speaks volumes to Genuine's pony. I look good dancing to it. <laughs> that, is, that, is, <laughs> that is true. That is true. Kind of funny live too. Never forget. Um, but another. I would like I to have... give a shout out to uh, the "It's Raining Men" dance. Yes, that's also thank you. I was about to say ten out of thing. ten. Yeah, that was great. As way like to an open intro the movie. to a whole crew, as like a as the get you in this, the yeah. rain, it's raining men sequence is definitely second second top. Uh, Magic Mike's dance where he he comes out with the the weird like uh, bulletproof vest stuff thing oh. on is uh, the only dance scene in the entire movie that's full improv, and they just let they trust the chat and they're like, "You're a good enough dancer, just do whatever the fuck you want." And well, besides awesome. the first dance, which obviously those are two very different things. Of improv dancing, but you love to see it. You really do. Uh, it's interesting that they things. didn't let him just improv the whole thing. Well, I think they just wanted to choreograph to like get the moments down. It's easier to shoot too. Like if you're actually trying to nail it, if you shoot a choreographed dance, you can plan it a little bit. Better yeah, because I feel like you shouldn't improv a backflip. <laughs> yeah, that's know? a bad idea. <laughs> that's probably. Really that's how you wind up idea. in someone's drink. We will see you next week. With Magic Mike Double XL is what they called it. They called it Magic Mike <laughs> Double XL, and I really, really, really hope that it just keeps going. I hope that it it starts the the whole entire foundation starts where this movie ends of just stripping. And I need I need a lot more. They're gonna need to bring the heat. But until they do that, Chris, where can people find you? Uh, just find me Twitter, Instagram at Christopher Anka. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it safe. Thank you. Till next time, Andy. Bye, everybody.